0: Tócame. Will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, Tony Secoria, Doctor Tony Secoria, is back on the show. Last week, we heard his amazing Ions International Association for Near Death Studies talk. On the greatest hoax, the true nature of man. After our conversation, we started talking about um, some other issues about being a savant. And I wanted to include that this week to just kind of tie everything together. Dr. Sequoria is a part time practicing board certified orthopedic surgeon in Maine. He had an unfortunate or fortunate luck of being struck by lightning in 1994 when speaking on a public telephone during a family reunion. As a result of the lightning, Dr. Sequoia had a near death and out of body experience and became a sudden savant for classical piano music and composition. Welcome back to the show, Tony. So one thing I would like to talk about that you that you mentioned in your talk is about where consciousness comes from and that light is light building I have down here is part of matter. Light is intelligent, full of energy. And you discuss the RA material, the law of one. I think I'm putting that all together correctly. Can you just chat about that for a minute?
1: Sure. Um, in my discussion of you know, where does consciousness come from? Um, one, one of the things that I had come across is an experiment called the raw R-A material. This was a, an experiment in 1981. It was done by Don Elkins, Jim McCarty and Carla Rucker. And what they were trying to do was they were going to use Carla um, as a channel, and they were trying to make contact with an alien civilization. Um, and I, this is the time, I, I think, um, in our history when when people were trying to understand, you know, about aliens and, you know, where we come from and all that sort of stuff. And so they were going to try this this idea of, of channeling an alien civilization as opposed to putting up a giant um, collector on a, on the top of a mountain and trying to listen for sounds. Um, and so they, they started this experiment and instead of contacting an alien civilization, they made contact with what's called a sixth density collective um, or social memory complex um, from the confederation of, of planets in the service of the one infinite creator. And that's who they said they were. Um, And so, you know, it's like, okay, well, who are these people? So we're third density. There are two levels above us and they exist as a social memory complex. So all of these souls who are, were part of that civilization are somehow all connected into one. And they are all. They are aware of everything, um, and they exist in what's called service of the infinite Creator. So there is one infinite Creator, and and their service. They are. They exist to help people. So they are they are in service to others. And, and, you know, one of the things that that came out of this is that, you know, you can be in a positive um, density or you can be in a negative density. Um, A negative density would be service to self. So you're only interested in helping yourself as opposed to helping other people. You can never climb above a certain level in service to self. Eventually everybody's gotta become service to others oriented if they want to progress to the next level of advancement. And and so one of the things that I found interesting in reading this this series of books, there's a five book series, and, and they talk about the beginning and and so the question is, where does consciousness come from? And one of the things that I found interesting was that the, they describe an evolution of the beginning that's similar to what's in Genesis, and and I was really struck by that. And and they said that in the beginning everything was infinity. I was like, okay, well, and I, I was like, what is what did that mean? (laughs) And, and, you know, and that, that's something I still have a hard time wrapping my head around, but then they said infinity became aware that awareness led to a focus of infinity into infinite energy or love. And this is what, this is the, where love comes from. It's, it's actually what infinite energy is. And that is the creator the energy moved from intelligent infinity due to an outpouring of creative forces and, cre- and created patterns in a holographic style as the entire creation. And those the patterns of energy somehow regularize their own local rhythms and fields of energy, and it creates dimensions and universes and physical matter. And, and this is way above uh, my understanding. But it makes sense to me and and is similar to what the bible says in, in genesis about in the beginning there was nothing it was infinity and then out of that became the infinity became aware and then, and then there was energy and and out of that came light and light was just a vibrational distortion of infinity and it became the building block of matter and that light was intelligent and full of energy. And the, the first things of intelligent infinity were then called a the creative principle and the spiraling of uh, of energy produced galaxies and, and planets and all that other great stuff. Um, so the, the point being that all things, all life, all creations were part of an original thought. It all came from one source and all exist in the quantum field. And one of the things that's interesting in my reading about quantum field is that we only see 4% of it. Yes. The other 96% is made up of dark energy and dark matter. 72% is dark energy Seventy and twenty-four percent is dark matter, and and I still don't know what that is, and I don't think anybody else does either.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, other than the fact that you know it's it's that part of of the the quantum field we don't understand, and I've I've read a number of of um, articles that suggest that that everything. Everything exists in that part of the of the quantum field we don't know about. That's where all memory, all history, all everything is recorded in this three dimensional matrix mm-hmm. of of some place that exists. But.
0: Like the Akashic records.
1: Yeah, Akashic right. records is, right. is right. a perfect example. I mean, it's, it's, it's all stored out there. It's accessible. But if you don't know how to access it, good luck. Right. Well, thank but you. some people do. And, and that's, you know, the fact that if one person can do it, everybody can do it.
0: Exactly.
1: And and that was one of the things that I came to an understanding of with my music and, you know, in discussions with Oliver Sacks and it's like, know, we were on opposite ends of the fence on this. He was like, well, it's got to be something that's, that's, you know, circuits related. And it's like, I don't think so. I said, it doesn't make sense to me. But, and one of the things that, that happened with, with, with my dear death experience was that I had, I had suddenly become music oriented. I had, was hearing music, I was playing music, um, and I had no understanding of, of where it came from. But then I was contacted by Daryl Treeford, who's a physician who yes. specializes in savants. And, and Daryl said, you know, I've got this whole group of people that are similar to you. And, I, and I'd like to, you know, include you in this group and I thought okay and so I met a lot of these people and what was interesting to me was that they all had some event either they got hit in the head they had surgery they had a, you know they had tumors they had, you know they it, it all had something that caused the change but then they all developed something they didn't have before and it's like okay so this is very similar to, to my situation where I didn't have this ability before. I get whacked in the head by a lightning bolt, and suddenly I can do something I wasn't able to do before. And so and and the parallel to these other people was very strong. And you know, one of the things that Oliver had talked about was he thought that the lightning had somehow opened up circuits that I didn't have access to. So the question is, is did it open up circuits or did it release some genes that had this information encoded there and suddenly I had access to them? And that makes a lot of sense to me because of these other people that have had similar episodes and have developed similar talents And it also makes sense to me because my son, when when he was 12 or 13, came up out of the basement one day and said, here, listen to this. I'm like, what is it? I made a CD. I'm like, wait a minute. How did you do that? And so he just told me, you know, he'd recorded it. He played all the instruments and recorded all all this stuff. And I was like, holy mackerel. And the light went on. So, you know, I'm carrying in me genes for this. And even though I didn't know it and I didn't have access to it, those genes were able to express themselves with him. And so I think in, in my own way that the lightning did open up new pathways, new information through genes and so that information exists and, you know, it's like, how does it exist? Where does it exist? Right. Um, you know, it is, is just at this point, a point of conjecture, right. um, but it, it's at least my feeling that we are able to communicate with the ether, the, the quantum field, if you will. Of information. You know, our brain, there's, there are a lot of people that have come to the scientific conclusion that our brain would have to be the size of a building to hold all of this information that we have. And so they've concluded that our brain is a receiver.
0: And a filter.
1: And a filter. Oh, a big filter. Yes. A big filter. And when you think of what what the, the unconscious brain sees and hears, and only allows 10% of it to go to consciousness, it's like, okay, that filter's out of control. Right.
0: And you talk about animals, about the, the dog. I yeah. love the dog story. Can you? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's very, anybody who has an animal has had this experience where, you know, An animal can tell, you know, it could be in the house and somebody within a a hundred yard radius comes into this sphere of, of recognition. And if that person is bad, that dog knows. Right. Knows it instantly. And, you know, where's that ability gone? I think we have it, but we have downplayed it for so long. And and not recognize it that, that you know we just kind of don't use it.
0: And isn't it know? interesting? Also, young children. I mean, they will they will sense. You know, they don't want to go to someone or this or that. And I believe that they also sense that too, because they yeah. those pathways are still open for them until. Yeah,
1: I, I think children are are great. Um, resource for this kind of knowledge. I mean, there's, and unfortunately, you know, what, what do we do the first time a child says, you know, I saw somebody in my room, we go, I'll stop, you know, that's nonsense. Well, guess what? It's not nonsense. You know, I, I've, I've got a friend that her daughter, when she was three years old, and she's on the on, she's in her room, she's talking to somebody. And the mother walks in and goes, Who are you talking to? And she said, Grandma. And and she and the mother says, That's not possible. Grandma's been dead for five years. And she looked at her and she said, No, she's right over there. Wow. And it's like, Okay, so how often does that happen? Mm-hmm. And we poo-poo it. You know, we say that's not possible. Well, guess what, folks? It is. You know, <laughs> and and we, cause, we cause that to be extinguished in children. And, or their friends cause it to be extinguished. Because if, if they told one of their friends, then they would be ridiculed. And there's, there's nothing more powerful than ridicule and controlling a child.
0: What do you think, how do you think humanity would change if we raise children being so open to that and just curious and, and encouraging stories? Um,
1: I, I think that, you know, I think that we're headed for a paradigm shift Yes. anyway. Um, because all of these things are starting to occur in, in multiple locations and multiple um, situations. And people are, are going to start to realize that we're not alone. There are lots of other things we don't understand. And I think that part of that will be, you know, the, the relaxation of, of what you expect of your children. Um, But I think that it's, it's, it's probably got to come from us first. Right. Um, And that's not going to be an easy thing to have occurred. But I do think that, you know, in in my readings, I've read lots of people have said that there is something coming that's going to force all of these things to occur. You know, what is that something that I don't know.
0: Do you think it will be within our lifetime?
1: Yep. I think it's going to be probably at near the end of it. Yeah. But I do think that it's, you know, within, within the next 20 to 30 years. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, you know, one, one of the things that, I, you know, I've read from numerous sources now that, that there is there's going to be, and if ev- there's going to be an event that initiates a massive change in consciousness, Wow. and you know, I I I hope I'm around to see it.
0: Yeah, me too. Is that is that in the books, the Man Being series? Yeah, that, it's yeah. also
1: in it's also in that. Right, right. And you know, and they've not come out and said what's going to happen but there will there'll will be a massive shift in consciousness at some point yeah interesting
0: well it we need that we need that transformation this world does
1: yeah this desperately when you look around you and and you see the things that are happening not just here but in in other countries and mm-hmm. and and the horrible things that are happening in you go you know, if I was God, I would flush the damn thing and start over again. Uh, and I'm sure that it's happened before. Yeah. Um, but
0: Tony, if knows? you would have 35 years ago, if you would be listening to this interview of you, would you be like <laughs> shocked?
1: You know. There, 35 years ago, um, it was unacceptable for people to talk about this stuff. I mean, as, as a physician in the 90s, if I had come out and started talking about this stuff, somebody would have called the state and said, this wacko needs to have his license revoked. Mm-hmm. And that was the mentality in the 90s. and And to a large extent... You know, I just—it was my—it was my little secret, and I left it like that for ten years. Well, and wait, how
0: many years ago was your NDE?
1: The near—that was in nineteen ninety-four.
0: Okay, I meant even before that. Oh. If you would be listening to this interview.
1: I think it was a crackpot. <laughs> you know, it, at the time, you know, thirty years before that. I I wouldn't have I I wouldn't have been high enough to have evolved to have understood
0: yes yes
1: really not and I, and I think that it's it's just beginning to happen
0: do you feel like it's been a i don't know if I want to use the word gift or a blessing that you've had this experience because it's not it's it's wonderful, but there's there's some hardships having these experiences also.
1: Absolutely, um, it it has been a blessing and a curse. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and the blessing has been that I have gotten to have tremendous experiences from it, and and discovery about myself and and the world, um, but the the downside has been you know, back when I was absolutely consumed with music and I just, anything that took time. I mean, I went to work every day, Um, but when I got home, it was, it was music. Um, You know, I had, I spent time with my kids when I got home and I, I would always sing them a song, put them to bed. Um, I never got home early enough to have dinner with everybody. Um, but my wife wound up being neglected um, and we wound up getting divorced over it. Um, and as she said, You're, you only are in love with your piano. And I think at the time um, that was true. Um, you know, as, as time went on, and I realized that I needed to have balance in my life. Um, I was able to, to do that. And we wound up getting married again 10 years later. Oh. Uh, but, you know, and, you know, and during that period of time, you know, it was the thing that was always most important to either one of us was our kids and our family. Yes. And, you know, even when we were divorced, we, you know, we still, all holidays together and and, you know and people would make fun of us and say you guys are not divorced um but you know it it gave us it gave each of us a chance to realize that um you know the things that were important um were really important and and were worth saving so i think that that was what kind of brought it all back together again
0: right right wow well thanks for sharing that well thank you once again I think I've taken absolutely yeah yeah really it's been an honor to spend this time with you same here uh, hopefully we'll meet in person one of these days that'd be great I would love that well thank you so much once again have a great day
1: thanks Marla you too okay bye-bye bye-bye